This is Liz Dolan. This is Sheila Dolan. This is Monica Dolan. This is Leon Dolan. News, talk, and laughs. We tackle the world one cup of coffee at a time. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. To Satellite go. Sisters to go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, January 18th. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California. Urban Nana is not going to be able to make it today. She had a shift today. She pulled the shift today, so she's not <laughs> going to be able to join us. But the other three satellite sisters are here. Sheila Dolan, we lost you last week. You, we had the connectivity issues, but you're back, and your signal is stronger than ever today. I'm not dropping off. I'm not dropping off. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Because I think people think we plot to have you not on the show. I just No, want... yes. not at all. Okay. I want to be on the show. I just needed a stronger uh, connection, okay. like you said. All right. So, all right. I don't even want to ask what you did about that. That's good. Well, be... I, paid, I paid my cable bill, so okay. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's better than having an IT department. That's, uh, that's, that's the way to go with that. All right, Monica Dolan, you're in Portland, Oregon. How's everything up there? Great. Day two of a three-day weekend, so I'm loving it here. I know. Don't, the middle day, hump Ooh. day, is just the best. I know. When I woke up this morning and I remembered that I don't have to go to work tomorrow. Oh, I'm so happy. So happy. Sweet. Sweet. <gasps> and Leon Dolan, you're in Pasadena, California. How's everything out there? Liz, if, I, if I'm breathing heavy, it's because I literally just ran in from the grocery store. You know, I had to prepare for the playoff and snacking situation all day today. <laughs> we do not really watch professional football in our house. But if you're going to watch it, today's the day. You yeah. know, it's the best four teams. It's two games. You know, food is involved. Yeah. So I set my menu and I went for it. I'm making the spinach and artichoke dip. Sheila, if you want to come by. Around mm. game time, about five this afternoon, making that. And That's then, very tempting. Yes. Yeah. And then I looked at the ribs. You know, I don't, we are not a rib family. Is that fair to say? Like, our mother never made ribs or no. barbecue. No. I don't even understand the difference between the ribs in the. <laughs> I just, Except I when it, you go to Kansas City and eat them, then they're delicious. I, but I I've know. never, outside of KCK, I've never even tried them. I couldn't cook them. So there were all kinds of ribs. I just put them down. And I went with, we're going to have a French dip sandwich. So oh, uh, wow. I'm going to do a roast Ooh. later and, you know, make the horseradish sauce and, and the dipping sauce. So that's what I'm going with at our house today. And uh, I it's a toss-up for me, Packers, Seahawks. I, I have, you know, warm feelings for both teams, so I don't care. But I definitely want the Colts to win. So I, I now just because of your animosity towards Bill Belichick. Yes, Liz. There's so many. Yes, yes. I can't root for him, and I can root actively against him. And I've grown to really appreciate that Andrew Luck, the Zen of, of Andrew Luck. He's the anti superstar. I like that idea. Yeah. So okay, there you go. That's that's what's happening in my house. Plenty of shopping and eating and snacking later oh, on. Okay. Like well, the rest of America, except for the three of you. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I hadn't penciled that in for this yeah. afternoon. We do have a few things penciled in for the rest of the show. Uh, Sheila has some fashion trends. Uh, Monica, there'll be an Oscar nom uh, conversation. We need Excellent. to pick, pick some movies for the big holiday weekend. 
I have an update on Operation Sea, sea Turtle Phase Two. Now that Phase One is completed, <laughs> and then more food news from you, right, Leon? We're coming yeah. back. And yes. there was a very provocative piece uh, in the paper last week by Cheryl Sandberg at Facebook, who like always says the smartest thing. So we just have to repeat what she says and agree. Right. No, we're going to discuss that women in business and you know a topic close to our hearts. But first, Sheila, because you dropped off last week. We didn't get your winter break recap. Like we did all of our Galapagos news, but what were you doing while we were gone? Well, there's not a whole lot to report in terms of activity. I mean, my body pretty much remained prone the entire time on the couch, but I had some major gift cards to uh, to spend. And that is because I was given very graciously given gift cards for Christmas. And so I did a lot of ordering online and a lot of waiting for packages. Mm. And I want to tell you, well, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's satisfying. I know. No wonder you didn't have to get off the couch though. That's a good activity. And I told you that there was, I had that one $50 gift card that didn't seem to work. Well, guess what? It did work. (laughs) And I I know you were on pins and needles about that, Mm. but it finally worked. I I actually spent um, the $50 on uh, cruciferous vegetables (laughs) because I went went on a a small diet, a food food plan over the two weeks, (laughs) and I ate a lot of raw vegetables. I think it was called Eat for Life. uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember that diet. That yeah, was a while ago. Yeah, that's a new trend. Yeah. It was a quick hit. A, Wait, just did, a, did you order the vegetables online? No. <laughs> I'm confused. No, I walked into a store. No, I used the the gift okay. card at Vons. It actually worked at our local Vons, Leanne. Oh, good, Sheila. I'm so fine. did you ever, the, the dilemma we talked about last time was you were going to go back to the parent and say that maybe she had gotten ripped off on her gift card and you wanted to just tell her in case her credit was at risk or something. So did you ever tell her that it wasn't no. working? Or, oh, okay, that's good. At least you didn't have the embarrassment of telling her it didn't work and then having it work. No. Uh, so um, that was all good. And then the, I spent a major portion of the gift cards up grading my kitchen girls oh i know now i know you laugh you think i don't cook but i actually like to cook it's just that i i couldn't cook with one pan i couldn't successfully cook um with one pan so i ordered a complete new set of pots and pans uh yes a lovely belgique stainless steel um i mean i feel I just feel wonderful having those pots and pans. And here's the takeaway. Pans can produce heat. I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) They actually heat up very quickly. Uh So uh, I had one pan that just didn't produce heat. And I think that was the problem. (laughs) For for cooking, yes. For cooking. So have you... Have you tried anything in your new pans? What's going on in the new pans? Well, I am. I just say you you're on a raw food diet, but you brought you bought pans. Like <laughs> you find. I don't. Thank you, Hopefully Leah. the raw food diet ended when you realized cooked vegetables taste better. Is that what happened? Yes, Leanne, you are so right. You know me so well. So I bought a. I have a steamer. So I just I started steaming red potatoes. Yeah. Uh, steaming cauliflower. Um, I'm doing some nice, I have one of those 
sort of deep dish skillets. I don't know what you call it. It's a pan. It's a skillet. Yeah, I think you call it skillet. (laughs) (laughs) I think you nailed it. You nailed it. (laughs) I'm doing some fish dishes. Uh, I'm I'm also uh, grilling uh, veggie burgers. uh, So I am doing a lot of things. And then in combination with the new salad spinner, Ruthie, my daughter gave me for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I am, I am spinning salads. <laughs> I am having fresh salads. I'm boiling water a lot. It seems like I'm just yeah. boiling. <laughs> That's where that connectivity or conductivity. I'm sorry. Conductivity <laughs> counts for a lot when you're trying to boil. I can't believe how fast that water boils, Liz. <laughs> I, I just, I am shocked. What and was I your other it. pan made of bark or something? <laughs> it was what it was what I called a gr- it was a green pan, oh. so it had no uh, aluminum or metal in it. It just uh, it, it didn't heat. <laughs> it was it was environmentally safe, <laughs> but it didn't cook food. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I feel really good, um, and I'm back. I've just been. Uh, yes, and I've been researching, I've been doing, uh, back to researching, uh, different fashion trends, actually, which I wanted to, uh, ask you s- sisters about. So are you ready for some new fashion trends? Yeah, oh, sure. yeah, beginning of the year, gotta have some new trends. Okay, so this is the latest one. You've probably heard of it before, uh, but this is a big one. It's the straight-legged gray dress pant yoga pant. It is the dressy yoga pant. It has a faux zipper in pockets. It's mid-rise. They're tight, slim thigh, straight-legged. Um, and here's the best part. You can wear flats or athletic shoes with them. <laughs> you can wear dress pants, dress shoes, or athletic shoes. Now, um, I know I've been into jeggings. I will admit my jeggings are back. I'm doing some jeggings now. Uh, but I draw the line. It, I want jeggings, I think, are jeggings. A gray dress pant that's also a yoga pant is not going to be part of my wardrobe. I feel like it should be a yoga pant or the jegging, but not a combination. Leanne, what are your thoughts? <laughs> that's, that seems like a fine distinction to make, really, <laughs> because jeggings are not pants either. So, <laughs> but. If that makes you feel better about yourself, I keep getting that ad whenever I'm online, the pop-up, because I because I do yoga, so I search like yoga topics. So apparently they've targeted me as someone who would be perfect for the dress yoga pant. And uh, I have to say, I've been tempted. You know, I don't really have to go anywhere or do anything. So my... <laughs> <laughs> that one of the benefits of being a writer is I there are really days when I don't leave the house except to go to yoga house <laughs> yoga house where I do yoga. <laughs> so I I would go with the yoga pant. It looks like a better better fit for me for and my more mature legs. My more mature legs. Are you supposed to wear the dress yoga pants? to yoga class and then change into your yoga pants once you get in class? I, yes. All the idea is that they're like comfortable work pants, like work pants as comfortable as your yoga pants. You know, I just, I, I would not wear those to my work. I, I just, I'm not going to wear like jeggings or leggings or 
tight-fitting spandex yoga pants to work. Not appropriate. Well, well, Monica, Kim posted this on our Facebook group. She posted a link to the dress yoga pants, one of the brands. I forget the name of the brand. And it said that they had boot cut, straight leg, and leggings. So it doesn't have to be like form-fitting lycra. A, I figure a boot-cut dress mm. yoga pant is basically sort of halfway in between regular yoga pants and your basic pair of Eileen Fisher slacks. Yeah. Like, yeah. It? It's just the midpoint between those two, which sounds pretty comfortable to me in your boot-cut version. I, I believe that is a business casual boot-cut, Monica. You could you could conceivably get away with that. Okay. What do you, do, what do you okay. feel about that? I'll look, I'll look into it. I'm still, I'm skeptical. I have to click on the ad and see what it's all about. Now, what kind of pant do you wear to work, Monica? Well, I wear a lot of Eileen Fisher pants. <laughs> okay. Okay. I didn't even know that. I just was thinking about categories of pant out there, comfy pants. But yeah, I can see why. Yeah. And I wear black pants and I have very nice jeans, but it's a, we're not supposed to wear jeans to work, but they're dark wash, you know, a black pair and a dark blue pair. And I think they look neat. And so I wear those. Sheila, I thought you made a decision last year that you were never going to go back to the jegging. What happened? I'm, I'm sorry, Liz. What happened was, um, <laughs> what happened was, okay, let's jump back to the gift cards. Um, I went to Nordstrom and I bought several wonderful Eileen Fisher sweaters that are um, elongated. Um, so it's it's a long sweater, which I think really goes well with a, with a tighter pant underneath, Liz, mm-hmm. a slim pant. So um, I'm not over- judging. I'm just curious at the development of your thought process. Right. I know, Liz. I, I, I was really happy wearing real pants to work. <laughs> and then um, what I didn't mention was uh, over vacation, I also had a physical with my doctor. That's a separate conversation we need to have. But basically all my numbers went up. Everything went up. And then I realized I was wearing jeggings to compensate for the uh, the weight the weight gain that that number that number that had gone up, so it was just a natural progression. Putting on a few pounds, putting on the jeggings list. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. yes. You would think it is it is counterintuitive that you get back into your stretchy pants when you're heavier, when they are least likely to be flattering, but they are more likely to be comfortable. They're comfortable. Yeah, we're all there. I get that process. And they can be more flattering if you have the long, you know, Eileen Fisher over, over the stomach area and over the uh, buttocks area. (laughs) All right, let's move on to the next trend. Okay. The next trend is the homemade headband. The headband that you create, a semi-homemade headband, women are wearing it low, very low on their heads. So if you can, you know, almost just touching the eyebrow, it's coming down. It's actually falling down off their faces. Now, I was out the other night. I know that's hard to believe. And (laughs) I saw, I actually saw a woman wearing a men's, a man's necktie. She had fashioned it around her head, wrapped it around a couple times, and I could not stop staring. It was, it was the most unbelievable thing I've 
ever seen. And she was proud. It was a homemade headband, but it was a necktie. Now, anyone, would anyone feel comfortable uh, sporting a headband, just a basic headband at all? Leanne? Yes, you know me. I love it. I know. And oh. uh, I feel like I pioneered the homemade headband. Like, as soon as you said it, my mind drifted back to 1985 when I just cut the bottom of my T-shirt off in college and wrapped that fantastic white couple of inches around my head. You know, we had the crop tops. Uh, Got it. Flash dance. And then the homemade headband. So, uh Wow, I never Leah, knew you invented that, Leah. Yeah, it was Congrats. I was a pioneer in the homemade headband, and it looked fantastic. I I employed a lot of headbands and scarves. I wore a headband to my wedding. I don't know if you remember, but I had a veil headband. My oh, I remember veil now that you was, say that. Sure, my veil was on a headband, and I rue the day that people mocked Hillary Clinton in 1992. They mocked her for her headbands, and that's when grown women had to stop wearing headbands. So well, I, I like I, headbands are. I always loved my headband and when I was a little girl. Uh, but I think basically this is a throwback because I can remember my headband falling down a lot, yeah. sort of down to my eyes, that big spongy goody, you know, yeah. headband, the red, red headbands that we used to wear. So this is sort of the same look um, as the big spongy headbands yeah. that we used to wear. Uh, Monica, headband? Uh, well, I wouldn't mind covering up my forehead. <laughs> so I'm going to look into this. T- I'm going to look into this trend, you know? A wide I'm- necktie of some kind? <laughs> yeah, I like the necktie just wrapped around your head. So uh, I'm going to look into it, Jill. Okay, Liz, a cute little headband? No. No, no, no. This is not a hair ornament. No. <laughs> well, I've always had short hair, or mainly had short hair, and I don't even like hats or I no. I I plus I run my hands through my hair too much. I mean, I do a lot. So if there's a headband there, then you have to like not touch your head, right? So I I, right. <laughs> so. I, I only wear headbands at home. And um in oh. a pinch, um I have been known when whether it wasn't a stretchy uh, available. I have been known to get just a clean pair of underpants. And... <laughs> okay, that's just, not true. Okay. No, no, that is true. I do it all the time when I don't have a stretchy. I rig it up there. If you tie your hair uh, <laughs> tight. Okay, we should be okay. editing this out, but okay. you okay. said it, so <laughs> we're leaving Spe- it in. <laughs> Speaking of, um, let's do last trend, pajama dressing. Oh, oh yeah. That's pajama dressing. trend. Now, again, I have a fully made pajama um, dress wear at the door when I come home at night. So I just get into it. I'll wear it at home. It is my pajama suit that I wear at home. <laughs> and it's sometimes paired with a nice headband, if you know what I mean. I'm not going to say what it's made of. And it is loose. It is. I have my black velvet uh, bathrobe. It's semi-elegant. Not really, but... <laughs> It's comfortable. Would never wear one out in public. Anybody else? Pajama suit. Well, I think if you're wearing pajamas in your own home, it's not a pajama suit. It's just pajamas, right? <laughs> but well, it's, it's if you wear them out of the house that it's a riskier fashion choice. I realize that, Liz. I'm just saying. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I'm just saying, Liz. Okay. No, you're right. The whole pajama style clearly 
is catching. I noticed uh, yesterday at a work thing I was at that the um, the cast of the new TV show Empire was there, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic new show. If you mm-hmm. want to check out just a like big soapy drama, Taraji P. Henson is the female lead in that. It's hilarious. But it was created by Lee Daniels. And uh, so he was, they were doing a whole panel with the cast and the, um, uh, the creator answering questions for the press. Lee Daniels in pajamas, Sheila. You'll be happy. Really? Big press conference, oh, full on pajama statement. So uh, interesting. you're not allowed to take pictures or anything. Uh, it's just a, uh, just answering questions. So, but you know, so he's putting it out. He's not the only one putting it out there, but that's <laughs> what ridiculous. I mean, for goodness <laughs> sakes, you're a grown Monica. man, put some clothes on. I put, know. Put some yoga pants on. I mean, when you can wear yoga pants in public now, <laughs> what, you know, they are essentially pajamas. Just what is up with that? Right. Right. How about Monica? You have the height for a pajama suit. <laughs> I mean, wear a pajama suit. I I don't know, Monica, to one of your dinners that you do. Uh, (laughs) One of your friends' dinners. Sounds good for the movies. Yeah. Yeah, I'll try it out. Yeah, maybe I'll try it out today. No, you know, I see a lot of pajamas in the hospital. (laughs) No, I don't mean on patients. I mean on visitors. And I cut them a break because a lot of people are there, visitors, with family members. I understand they have to stay overnight. They're maybe sleeping in the waiting room, but we see an awful lot of pajamas at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it's all about context, you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're Kate Moss, you can wear a pajama suit. I think very few of us can get away with it. And um, that is it. That's my, my, my fashion roundup. Well, I just have one little note. I saw this interesting factoid the other day. You know, the whole category of like yoga pants, pajamas are called athleisure and sales of the athleisure wear. Okay. It's like active wear worn during non-active experiences (laughs) has grown to $33 billion in the U.S., far outstripping the jeans market by about $18 billion. It has, it is People spend twice as much money on athleisure as they do on blue jeans. That's so there you go. The stuff is comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And yeah. Yeah. And, All right. And jeans do, you know, to Sheila's point about stretchy versus non-stretchy. Yeah. Your yeah. jeans are like the early warning system for weight gain. <laughs> so sometimes you just don't even want to try putting them on. Yeah, they're very binding. If if your numbers are up, if you, if you know what I mean, if your numbers are up. Oh, all right. So, uh, Liz, there wasn't one actual serious piece of news. I'm sorry, Sheila. I know that was some serious discussion about fashion trends. But last week, uh, Cheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant they've been writing a series in the New York Times about women at work, and they're appearing every couple of months. And they had a whole column on um, why women don't speak up at work. And not only don't they speak up in a meeting session, when they do speak up, they are shut down. And they had all kinds of statistics and studies to back this up, that women will be pitching an idea, whether it literally be in a creative meeting or in any kind of meeting, they will start to talk and men will just shut them down. And the problem is that if you actually speak up in meetings, uh, you're considered much more competent at your job. So women face sort of this double bind of not speaking up, being shut 
shut down when they do and then being punished, you know, in terms of promotions and in terms of pay because it seems like they don't have anything to say in meetings. So, um, Liz, I just was wondering mm-hmm. what you might have thought of that uh, as being many times the only woman, I'm guessing, in a meeting mm-hmm. that you've been in. Have you found that to be true, Liz? Uh, <laughs> yes, I have found that to be true. I Here are a couple of things I would observe about that. Another... Uh, element of the whole why this gets so tricky for women is that other studies reveal that if you talk the same amount as the men in the room, you are perceived as talking a lot more than the men in the room uh, because they're just, they don't expect to hear from you. <laughs> so, so you can get a reputation as being kind of bossy and talky even if you're just going one for one with the men in the room. So wow. So a million times I've witnessed a woman starting to talk and then a man will just start as if she wasn't even saying anything. And that is amazing, isn't it? It is. Just start talking. Like, and, and then they sort of incorporate your ideas into what they're saying. As yes. If they thought of it. Oh, yeah. that's classic. Uh, they, yeah. yeah. There's, you know, there, uh, every woman, like in business, can probably tell you stories of how, you know, five minutes into a meeting, she says something, nobody responds. 25 minutes into the meeting, the guy, the young guy at the other end of the table says the same thing. And he's a genius. He's a genius. <laughs> However... Let me also say this, just as some of the counsel I provide to the women I work with, I have observed in many occasions where they don't enter into the conversation as fully and forcefully as they need to. And so if you're going to put your idea forward, you just need to speak it, you know, like really say, put it out there to the room. And I've witnessed a lot lately. I do a lot of meetings where we're on like conference calls or, you know, cause people are spread out. Right. And here's something I've told, like, I see this a lot. Women will turn and in a low voice to someone else in the room they're in, they'll say, well, don't you think a better idea would be da da da? So instead of saying it out loud to everyone in the room, they like float a trial balloon and that that is just not good not a good way to present your own ideas so i have gotten into the habit of calling people out when they do that it's only women that do that by the way i've yeah. never seen a man in my whole life i've never seen a man do that so i'll say you know could, could you say that out loud so everyone can hear and I think we've all heard that phrase from Liz. <laughs> it's not Liz's sister's business meeting. And that's why we're all shaking in our boots. Oh, it's it's not meant to. It's not meant to shame anyone. Yeah. It is meant to train people. Like if you have an idea, speak it. But to sort of whisper it to the person sitting next to you, who Monica. Is- <laughs> Monica. <laughs> No, okay, especially like in a conference call situation right. where nobody has visual contact with you. Anyway, so I feel, I feel like part of this, we need to tackle ourselves. You know, you need to commit. Just like, it's like, Eddie, like being on stage, Sheila, you know, when you did like improv and comedy, if you're going to go, you need to commit to whatever you are saying. Yes. And that yes, I think, I, I think sometimes we get too easily um, intimidated by the dynamics in the room or the dynamics in the conversation, and we don't fully commit to our ideas. So that's what I would put out there as just a, an observation of how we might be able to turn the tide on this. Uh, well, no say- whispering to your neighbor. <laughs> no, men don't do that. 
Only women I'd like do to that. add something to this serious conversation, if I may. Yes, which is, This starts very young because this year um, the boys in my class totally dominate. They dominate the discussion so much so that I've now had to um, – I have these little whiteboards that I call dialogue bubbles. <laughs> and I give out the dialogue bubbles before we discuss because I know that the girls – are not going to speak up and they feel, I mean, they are dominated by the boys and these are eight year olds. So I, I, I want to hear from everybody. So you can't even raise your hand anymore. in a lot of my discussions because it's too hard to, for the girls to speak up. They feel, you know, they definitely feel intimidated. So, so interesting. So they'll, they'll write things on the board. Oh, they, oh no, the, what they do, it, only the people who have the dialogue bubble can speak. But they have to speak up. So in other words, you have to give an opinion if I give you a little board before we discuss. Oh, so it's like a talking stick. Yeah, Yeah. that's pretty interesting in the sense that this article by Sheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant, who's a professor at Warden School of Business, um, they make the point that one successful way to get women to speak up more is to call on them at meetings mm-hmm. and that they they held up president obama had a recent um a press conference where he called on eight female reporters and then that was it and then he left and that was the first time that had ever happened wow. like in the history of presidential press conferences but as a leader if you want people if you want more women to speak up you actually need to give them the floor and then they will take the floor so liz you're you're right what you're I, doing is right yes and i and I, it's inter- i i do do that all the time in meetings and it's not i do i particularly notice that women do this whispering to their neighbor thing so i try to call on them for that reason but i'm also always in an environment that for most of the people i'm talking to English is a second language. So I've learned that they might have great thoughts in their head, but they're not going to volunteer them unless you draw them out because they're embarrassed of the way they speak English. So that's another reason why I call on people because I know they're sitting there thinking these things, but um, they're just, uh, there are a lot of reasons to be intimidated in these free floating discussions. And uh, weaker English is another thing that is a big factor where I work. So, so women speak up, speak your truth. You just right. go for it. Just commit to it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Definitely. And please don't ever say this might not be a good idea. Or, I'm just yeah. going to speak a short time or I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, Oh my God, that makes me nuts. Yes. <laughs> I know. Make me nuts. And anyone who ever says, I'm just going to speak quickly. No, that never happens. They always take longer. <laughs> Yeah, I'm guilty of that. I (laughs) say at work, like, oh, I'm just going to float this out there. Yeah. Okay. How about this for an idea? Just give me a second. And I shouldn't preface it with all of those. Right. If you you start with an apology, it's not the strongest start you could have. Okay, Liz. Just going to put it out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's up there. We can exchange the tide, one sister at a time and one child at a time. We are going to fix this problem. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right, Sheila, you're responsible for the whole next generation, the whole third grade. I I feel good. Sometimes I just say scream. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? I can't hear you. Well, the girls that are really shy, I said, scream it out. Yeah. You know. I said, don't be afraid, you know, just, and, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Woo. 
Okay. Well, All right, Monica, I think yes. you're up. <laughs> I, I need some help from you guys. So, you know, I'm in the middle of this three-day, very rainy, awful weekend in Oregon. So, good time to get <laughs> caught up on the movies. And I want to get, I want to see a lot of the Oscar-nominated movies. And it's like the perfect, perfect weekend to go see movies. So, um, I've seen quite a few, well, no, not quite a few. I've seen a couple of the big <laughs> Oscar-nominated <laughs> movies. Uh, I saw Boyhood twice because I loved it that much, and I just thought it was absolutely sublime. I thought it was beautiful. I saw Wild uh, because I want. I saw that on Christmas Day because I wanted to support uh, Cheryl Strayed, the Portland author who wrote the book, and it's filmed in Oregon. And I just love Reese Witherspoon, and that was okay. Um, and then yesterday I saw Imitation Game. What'd you think oh, of that? Okay. Uh, I thought it was a little slow. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just saw it too on Friday. I thought I thought that movie went on forever, and it was like a it was like a two hour movie. I I was shocked when we got out. I I looked at well, we went with Colin. He played hooky, and we went to the movies. And I said, "What is it, what is it like? Third? Is it is it Sunday? How long have we been in that movie theater?" And it was only two hours long. I was. Really I surprised. thought it was a little slow going, especially yeah. the part where they're trying to figure out the code and write the code. <laughs> I mean, the core of the story, right? Which yeah. is the core of the story. But Lee and I thought the best part of that movie was the parts that bookended the main part yes. of the movie, like. The story of him growing up as a young boy and then the story of him when he got old and was all alone and after, you know, the war was over. So, uh, yeah, that was a little bit slow. So I don't want to make that mistake again (laughs) because today, you know, I have my choices of my movies I want to see. Now, I'll tell you, I don't have a smartphone. And you all know that. So, <laughs> what speak, I do, speak up. So, so, so what I do is I go through the movie listings and then I jot them down on a little post-it note, the theaters and the times, and I take it with me. So yesterday I forgot to bring my little post-it note. With me. Oh, God. So I drove all the way across town pouring rain to this theater where I thought the imitation game was playing and no God. it was American Sniper oh. uh, that, that's a movie I'm not going to see um, so I so here I have some choices for today but first I'm going to tell you about the movies that I'm not going to be seeing okay, okay. I'm okay. not going to be seeing American Sniper because it's about assassins and killing and fine yeah, since the title. I have seen that, so we can talk about that. Okay. You know, okay. Well, what did you think? Well, uh, what aren't you going to see first, Monica? Yeah, you go through your list first. Uh, movies I'm not going to see. I'm not going to see Birdman because he, <laughs> like he looks like a tortured soul. And it looks like kind of a dark movie. Uh, I'm not going to see Foxcatcher because I think I've told you before. I don't like Steve Carell in serious roles. (laughs) (laughs) Steve Carell in serious roles kind of gives me the heebie-jeebie. I feel, ooh, kind of makes me, like, sweat a little bit. I I just, I I don't like that. And I'm not going to see Salma because it's too historical. (laughs) I don't, I don't want to see a historical movie, uh, this weekend. So here are my choices. Uh, Sundance Shorts, 
which sounds really interesting. It's playing in a theater. And it's so I feel I'd have kind of a leg up on the whole Oscar ballot thing if I went to see some short film. Right, in the category nobody ever knows anything about. <laughs> it's, exactly. Although I've done that before. I've seen, like, a, gone to see shorts, and you feel kind of cheated because they're very short. <laughs> it's like, the whole thing lasts an hour, and you're like, what? I paid $11 for that? So that's one uh, That's one thing. I could go see Into the Woods, which would be uplifting, uh, I think. Well, even though it's a dark musical comedy. I don't thing. know. For some reason, I have no interest in seeing okay. that. I, I agree. Th- that's I agree. just me. I, not interesting at all. Okay. Um, Inherent Vice, no. which is the Paul Thomas Anderson film, which is complicated. A lot of people, Joaquin uh, Phoenix and... You know, that that looks like an interesting movie. Or there's two more. Citizen Four, I could go see. Okay, uh, I'm dying to see that. All right, that's the documentary about Edward Snowden. So I feel like that got good reviews. I should see that. And then there's this movie called Force Majeure. Yes, that that sounds great. It's what is a, that? I don't know what it is, but it's... <laughs> I can tell from the way you said that, Sheila, that you really have no idea what that is. It was, I think it's one of the nominees for Best Foreign Film. Now, it is about... I have the list of nominees in front of me. Let me look that up. It's it's about a ski accident in the French Alps. Oh. Oh. Wow. That sounds good. Now, is is Marion Cotillard in that by any chance? She isn't. The problem is some of the movies that are nominated... They're not playing here anymore, or they haven't come here yet. So that's that's one of my problems. So what do you think? Inherent Vice, Into the Woods, Citizen Four, or Force Majeure today? All right. Well, well I'm I'm going to start by disagreeing with you about Selma, if that's okay, <laughs> because the I just saw Selma, and like you, Monica, I I thought it was just going to be this big historical drama. And, you know, and a story that I was familiar with, but I really, really liked this movie a lot. And what I liked about it is that it's actually very personal moments between like Martin Luther King and Coretta Scott King. And by the way, nice to see Coretta get a little bit of screen time in some of the Martin Luther King stories. So, or Martin Luther King and John Lewis, uh, Martin Luther King and the young Andy Young. It's, it's very personal. So there are these big, you know, MLK speech moments, but most of the movie, you know, is beautifully well-written. And it's these very intimate scenes between people who were making these huge decisions, but, you know, really struggling with their decisions. So, I wouldn't necessarily rule Selma out. I, you know, I, I actually thought that was a, um, it's kind of slow, uh, but definitely a worthwhile movie. So that's my opinion on that. I don't know if the rest of you guys have seen Selma yet, but it's, it's very, no, I'm going to go tomorrow. That's going to be our MLK day thing. I'm going to force Colin to go with me. So uh, he'll go. I mean, yeah, we, we've seen the imitation game now. And, um, again, very competent British movie. All the ducks are in a row there, but not the best movie. Uh, Monica, I would go to this force majeure. It looks fantastic. It's a Swedish, 
it's a Swedish film, but it is about uh, a ski accident in the Alps and the repercussions. I think this looks very good. And again, you would be ahead on the foreign film category. So that looks good. Okay, except that it's not nominated as that. Oh, so sorry. The best foreign language film nominees are Ida from Poland, Leviathan from Russia, Tangerines from Estonia, Timbuktu from Mauritania, and Wild Tales from Argentina. None of those movies are playing in Poland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on your post-it? Are they, they're not on your post-it? They're not on my post-it, but Force Major is at one of my favorite theaters, so that's a plus, too. Okay. Monica, well, have you seen Whiplash? Oh, no, but a friend of mine saw it, and she said it was just really harrowing. She said because she, she was still trying to recover from it. <laughs> that was the word okay. recover. Sounds so. like maybe you should go see the Lego movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the best picture nominees are American Sniper, Birdman, Boyhood, The Grand Budapest Hotel, The Imitation Game, Selma, The Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. So you already said you're never going to go see The Theory of Everything, right? Right, that just looked really boring. <laughs> it's supposed to be pretty uplifting. I hear, I hear, I was kind of in that camp too, but my son and his friends who, you know, film students are all like, no, it's very positive all the way through. Hmm. It's pretty good. So what is it about, the theory of everything? It's about it's, Stephen Hawking. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is a fascinating discussion about films we're not going to see. (laughs) I mean, I just don't under, I'm baffled why you won't see Birdman. It's going to win. Uh, He's going to win. I mean, did you like, Sheila, what did you like about Birdman? Michael Keaton. I mean, back. I mean, looking, I mean, I just, I love that director, Alejandro Iñárritu. They're the best, the two best looking men at the Golden Globes. (laughs) And I mean, I just, I just think it's a revel. I, I, it was a revelation to me. I loved it. Okay, all right. I'll take that into consideration. That's I mean, the movie, you- though. I just want to represent Urban Nana here. Remember, she came on the show and she said she hated it. Yeah. I, I liked Birdman, but didn't love it. I thought it was a little bit out of control, but I thought Michael Keaton was very good in it, and Edward Norton was great in it. Yes. So, if you like Edward Norton. Then there's that. Have you seen the Grand Budapest Hotel, Monica? Yes, I did. Now, I, saw it? It, I, I, I thought it was entertaining, but I saw it on an airplane, so it was a little <laughs> bit hard to follow. <laughs> really, so you were watching it without any sound, which is how I really... For, for part of the movie, I had no sound. Uh, but I, I, I still count that as I saw it. Okay, I that movie was too twee for me. It was, and I yeah, thought that was. Yeah, I was shocked that it's getting all these. Yeah, I was I too. Love that director, I love, I love him. But... Wes Anderson. Yeah, yeah, but produ- the producer on that, besides Wes Anderson, one of them is Scott Rudin, who's oh. like that awful person that was in all those Sony hacked emails. Yeah. Okay. So you have to vote against Scott Rudin. <laughs> okay. Wow, this, this is, is some really good critique. I like this. <laughs> Okay, Sheila, what have you seen that you've loved lately besides Burn Man? Anything else? A whiplash. Yeah, me too. I loved, I, I loved Whiplash. Um, I didn't love Boyhood. Oh. Um, I didn't love Boyhood. Um, I, I loved Gone Girl, uh, despite what we went through to see it. <laughs> um, we got it, evacuated in that one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mm-hmm. loved Gone Girl. And... Um, 
that's that's basically basically it. That's all I've seen. Well, we disagree on just about everything there. <laughs> <laughs> Leanne, what's your favorite movie so far that you've seen recently? Oh, wow. Uh, well, I didn't love Wild. I mean, it was fine. It was a lot of hiking. I had <laughs> I agree. I did not love Wild either. I so wanted, much. I expected to really love it, and I just found it kind of boring. So much hiking. Uh, I have to say, the movies I've seen, I like The Imitation Game, even though it was slow. Um, but we managed to see uh, many movies that were not uh, nominated this year. So there's nothing for me that's really stuck out. I would like to see that whiplash. But I can't say that I've seen anything that I loved this year. <laughs> so, sorry. Liz, how about you? Anything? I'm just looking down the list. Okay, I did see American Sniper. Uh, and I talked to your older son, Lee, and I talked to Brooks yeah. about it too. And his one word review was intense and it is super intense. The, it, but it's just a real Clint Eastwood movie. You know, yeah. I didn't like, it's very like straight up sniper and kind of in a style of a Western almost Bradley Cooper's great in it, but you'd really have to be in the mood to see that. But I thought that was a very well done movie. Birdman was all over the place. Boyhood. Boyhood is my number number one movie of the oh, year. Oh, see, I haven't seen yeah. Boyhood yet. Yeah. I know I need to. I just I did. absolutely Couldn't, loved it. Yeah, mm. it's on it's on the DVR now, so I can I can watch it now on Directv. So yeah, you know, it's been really growing on me. The more I think about it, the more I liked that movie. And I know this should not affect my vote. Not not that I'm an Academy voter, but the more I hear from Richard Linklater about making that movie and why he made that movie and, you know, just his thought process about boyhood and parenthood and all of that, I just really like Richard Linklater. I think it would be great for him to get honored versus, as I said, you know, some other kind of prize for Scott Rudin. Forget it. Wow. How about the handsome Alejandro Inarritu, okay. though? I mean, love him. You can't resist him. I mean, he's just. I know. I, I know Patricia Arquette. I have a real problem with her. She <laughs> just takes me out of the movie. She always looks like she's like a stuffed sausage into whatever she's wearing. <laughs> and the, no, I'm sorry, but she doesn't articulate. I mean, she doesn't enunciate. I don't know. I just. I do not like her as an actress. Okay, well, she's not nominated for that movie. The people that are nominated for Best Actress, Mary, your favorite, Marion Cotillard, for Two Days, she, One Night. I don't know she, anyone who's seen she that movie. She can do anything. She's great. Felicity Jones in The Theory of Everything, Rosamund Pike in Gone Girl, Reese Witherspoon in Wild, and Julianne Moore in Still Alice. I have seen Still Alice. Have any of you guys seen that? No. Yes. What is sure. that about? What did you say, Leanne? You're not seeing it? I can't see that. I, is it good? It it's is about good. it's about early onset Alzheimer's. Shield. Yes, yeah. So it's yeah. it's unsettling, like in a family with a history of Alzheimer's. I can yeah. see why you might want to stay away yeah, from I'm that. Out. Yeah, I, but you know, Julianne Moore is always so beautiful at like the small things that really make you believe it's a real person. I think, and she's really great. The shocker in Still Alice, and nobody mentions that the co-star. Alec Baldwin plays her husband. Have I know that because I saw the trailer yesterday. Yeah, so it, it's... <laughs> I know that. This, again, fine film critique. We are going... 
we are we are diving into these films. But I would say, still, Alice is not the sort of feel good movie you're looking for today, Monica. That's that's not going to be that. Wow, looking over the whole list, it's what else there is. If you've already seen Boyhood twice, I think Force Majeure should take it away. I mean, I think it's going to clean up. Okay. Whew. All right. Should we move on or do we have more movie talk? I, I, well, I think we've exhausted that topic. Okay. okay. Oh, moving on. Oh, I know. I wanted to give you guys an update on Operation Sea Turtle. Oh, yes, please. So, you know, in September, I launched Operation Sea Turtle, which was just a fitness program to get myself in shape to go, uh, to go on our Galapagos trip. So the... Um, uh, so it's it only had one prong at the time. I know, Sheila, your rule is that all programs need three prongs. <laughs> yes. So Operation Sea Turtle only had one prong, and that was regular swimming to get, you know, just to, like, burn off some calories and get myself in shape for all the swimming we would be doing on the trip. So that worked. I'm really glad I did that. Um, having one prong uh, worked for me in the short term, but I know that any long-term plan needs three prongs. Yeah. So Operation Sea Turtle Phase 2 has three prongs. The first prong is continuing the swimming, which I've been doing. Good for you, Liz. The second prong is the zen of the actual sea turtle, right? Channeling the zen of the sea turtle as my spirit animal, mainly at work. Where, you know, it's easy to get worked up about that. That's why they call it work. You get worked up. Yeah. Uh, and the, they're watching the sea turtle in action, that it could be moving its way through the world, but also incredibly calm in the way it did it. Not even like, like think, compared to a duck, right? A duck looks very calm on the surface, but underneath the feet are going crazy. The yeah. sea turtle is all about the calm, right? Leah and right. Monica, we witnessed them. They're awesome animals. Mm. Yeah, they are. Float yeah. on the current, Liz. Yeah. Mm. Float yeah. the current. I've been a major duck at work, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I think most of the time we're ducks. <laughs> yes. And we need to be sea turtles. Uh, and then my third prong, the lesson of the, uh, of the sea turtle trip, is to unplug more often. Yeah. Just yes, to Liz. really turn off the devices. Just step away from the laptop, step away from social media to just really, really turn it off. So those, those are my three prongs. Swimming more. How's that working for you? It's pretty well so far. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty well. It's hard. It's hard when you're home and you're just like sitting at home. Even if you're like watching a movie on TV, you're also on your laptop doing something else. And it's just, it's more like constant distracted living i know the fancy word for it is mindfulness i was yeah. trying not to use that word but i guess that well, is, it is the, the number one health trend according to parade magazine as julie <laughs> and i discussed on tuesday oh, yes that's right i heard the tuesday <laughs> show yeah number one health trend parade magazine so yeah. mindfulness yeah and <laughs> you know i mean i don't know how the rest of you feel with the pl- plugged in or unplugged like do you wrestle with that sheila I, I, I plug in constantly when I'm home because I live alone and I like to have a lot of things going on to distract me. <laughs> so so, so okay. I get into my pajama, my pajama attire and I have TV. I, you know, I have my computer and my phone and, but 
this is what I've done. Last week, I've not turned on Netflix. I've turned on YouTube, listening to albums on YouTube to try to chill, chill me out. So I find that if I don't go to Netflix and I just listen to music, I get a lot more mindful things done. Okay. Okay, like good, Sheila. You know, Liz, I will say, Eric and I have been talking about that trip to the Galapagos, and one of the things we both keep going back to is the fact that it was eight days without any connectivity of yeah. any kind. Yeah. He did a lot of reading. He's he's like you. He's a person that's constantly, like, his brain's on fire all day long, and it was really a huge part of, you know, the zen of that trip was to completely unplug. Mm-hmm. And it was sometimes, I guess, you have to be that far away, and and internet access has to be slightly expensive. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a good thing. Yeah. No, it was huge. I think that was a big part of why, you know, it, there was many great things to enjoy about that trip, but that was really uh, was a, a real different lesson. perspective. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And Monica, I know you don't have a smartphone, so it's not like you're driving and texting <laughs> or tweeting or anything. But when you're home, I mean, I've seen you when we're together in band, you know, you have your laptop on your lap too. Do you, do you think that that's an issue for you? No, I don't because, you know, I'm on the computer all day at work and usually check it when I come home. But I think the decision I made not to get a smartphone, not to be connected was the right thing for me. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy people watching. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I enjoy staring into space. I don't want to stare at my hand. (laughs) Spend the rest of my life with my hand. Um, I feel like connected enough, Mm -hmm. uh, the internet at home and at work. So Mm -hmm. I'm, that's why I'm not getting a smartphone. Okay, you wow. know, I have a smartphone, but I don't stare at my hand. You can do both. It takes okay. a little bit of discipline. But yeah, I'm with you. Like I noticed like people eating alone at restaurants, we used to be looking at things and now people are just looking down, which is a shame. But yeah. as a writer, I don't like to look down. I have to look up and observe things and, you know, things like that. But Well, you know, my rationale for that, Leanne, is that like, I used to be looking down at a newspaper or a magazine occasionally if I'm just like, right. sitting someplace yeah. eating. And my phone is just the modern day equivalent of a newspaper. So it's not quite as obsessive as it looks, but still, it is more interesting to raise your head and look around, right? Uh, and uh, just observe humans. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Be the sea turtle. It's okay. A good so product. those are my three prongs. Operation Sea Turtle mm. Phase Two. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. All right, Liz, one other health note that happened over our vacation. We came back and all of a sudden I was seeing a lot of headlines about eating an avocado a day to keep the bad cholesterol away. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Really? Yeah. Seems like a lot of avocado. It's a lot of avocado, and I'm someone who enjoys the avocado. In fact, we have a big avocado tree, uh, so it's one of the great benefits of living here in California. I just have a quick cautionary tale if you're embracing this. <laughs> when, we first, when we first moved into this house 17 years ago, our neighbors had an avocado tree where it was the type of avocado that fell to the ground. And we had our previous German shepherd, Mika, um, she was in the backyard and uh, it was a busy time. I had young kids. We were remodeling the house. Maybe I wasn't paying enough attention to Mika. I don't know. But I would notice every couple of days that there was a pile of avocado pits in the middle of the yard. And I thought to myself, well, that's so odd that the squirrels like get the avocados and come to the middle of the yard to eat them. And then one day I looked up and I realized, oh, it's Mika eating the avocados. She was eating an avocado a day. And I'm here to tell you, girl, she put on 20 pounds. So, uh, 
And I mean, her coat looked like a mink coat. I mean, she looked like a sable. I could have sold her. And so there's the upside. I could have Cruella de Vilder and wore her, and it was spectacular. The avocado oil, very good for her coat, but she never took that 20 pounds off. I tried, I had to walk her for the rest of her life to get those out, that avocado weight off. So I know we love the avocado. Just take it easy. That's all I'm saying. Just take it easy out there, people. I'll never forget Drew Barrymore about 20 years ago said she was eating an avocado every day and she got so fat. She didn't know they were fattening. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go. Right. Fairy tale. You're better eating half the avocado and putting the other half like on your face as a mask. That's what I would suggest. <laughs> you want to use or put it in your hair or rub it into your skin, whatever. But don't eat it, people. Don't eat it. Okay. That's a good tip. Maybe that will be my, my fourth prong for the year, Leanne. Half an uh, That's a good one. Um, all right. We have a lot of activity going on on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. So I just wanted to tick down a list of some of the comments we've gotten lately and uh, sisters uh, chime in. I wanted to thank Cheryl. Uh, Just this week, she posted a link to a bike stroller she thought Urban Nana Julie might need in Brooklyn. So Julie will be on the Tuesday show, right, Leon? You'll have a midweek show. Tuesday evening, another Twilight show. Mm -hmm. But did you see that bike stroller? It actually looks pretty cool. I know. And I don't know if Urban Nana, I, it's been a long time since she's been on a bike. <laughs> she may not be safe on that bike. Plus, you have to carry the bike up the stairs of the brownstone or chain it to the front. But whatever. I'm sure Julie will comment on that on the Tuesday show. Sue wanted us to know that she is conducting a Satellite Sisters style boycott of one of Amazon. Oh, yeah. Because okay. she's been getting such poor customer service from Amazon. And okay. so, you, okay. know, you know how we love the boycott of one. It's just like, Sue, nobody else has to be in on this but you. Just go for it. But <laughs> reading the tale of the failure to deliver, this the, the thing that was ordered, and there's a subcontractor and a contractor, it all comes down to something we've said a lot at Satellite Sisters. It's some of these companies, there's no there there. Like, who are you going right. to call at Amazon? Who are you going <laughs> to – there's nobody – it's like when we try to deal with iTunes. Right, Leanne? There's no, there's, right, nobody yeah. works there. It's, it's an algorithm. It's an algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> so, but somehow what I admire about Sue's story is she managed to get an actual phone number for an actual person who works at Amazon. So she was doing her best. So we support you, Sue, whatever you need to do. Uh, the, uh, keep, uh, keep us informed on that. So Kim, Kim posted the dress yoga pants. We already talked about that. Thank you, Kim. Well, Catherine is someone we haven't commented on yet. Catherine, you saw sisters that she posted photos of the Minecraft cake that she made for her grandson, Alex. Did you guys check that out? It was amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was unbelievable. Uh, so We've, we've said before, we have no baking skills. Uh, and certainly in the category you're in, Catherine, there's, we wouldn't even attempt that. Yeah, so. the fondant. The fondant. Au force majeure. Yeah. Ooh, he was cutting fondant. So it may be inspiring Urban Nana when it comes to her own grandchildren, but I don't think Julie's going to take to the baking expression uh, of it. So, but thank you for pictures of that. Um, 
Carrie and Kathy have both have already posted some of their comments on the Oscar nominations and on movies. Carrie said, you know, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Her one word review of that was meh. Yeah. <laughs> M-E-H. That's kind of the way I feel, Carrie, yeah. too. And yeah. Kathy Douglas uh, brought us back to a movie that many of us saw and liked, St. Vincent. Uh, she oh, said that's yeah, still her favorite that, yeah. movie of the year. So, Monica, we didn't even get to that in our movie conversation. Have you seen that yet? Yes, I have. Uh, did you enjoy that? I did enjoy it. I didn't. I thought it was a, a little bit cliche, but I, yeah. of course, enjoyed. I enjoyed it and cried. Uh, and then Mary Lou posted a follow-up to a conversation that we had last week about the University of Oregon's uh, uniforms in the uh, national championship game on Monday. And we don't need to discuss that any longer because, yes, they lost. And, yes, everyone who hated the uh, the non uh, the non green and yellow uniforms. You were all right. So there you go. But thank you for, thank you for the background story on that, Mary Lou. So you can always join our satellite sisters, Facebook group. It's easy. Just ask to join. And we, uh, we let you in. We also have a satellite sisters, Facebook page that you need to like, if you want all of the latest news for us. So like the page, join the group. And if you follow, want to follow us on Twitter, that is at sat sisters so go ahead and do that despite what i just said about trying to unplug (laughs) (laughs) trying to limit my connectivity uh the we do have a place for everyone to uh communicate with us and with each other so we invite you there so okay sisters anything else we need to cover today no i think we've done it yeah yeah full hour (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah look at that okay we have the playoffs you know what i'm doing today lynn what are you doing going to the beach and reading a book made out of paper oh yeah (laughs) operation sea turtle in action operation sea turtle in action and uh so that what book you reading the I, oh, I now I don't even know I just oh, got sure. it okay. the it's um it's a book about the actual story behind the Jeffrey McDonald trial have you read anything about this no okay the well then I'm not going to do a very good okay. job pitching it because okay. I can't even remember the details tell us next it. week but tell it was so, because <laughs> I liked the podcast serial so much. Okay. And I thought maybe I should dip into true crime a little bit okay. in, in the book realm. So, Monica, I handed that nurse book over to you. Oh, Liz, I, I devoured that. That's a good book, don't you think? That was a page turner. I mean, it was kind of depressing. It was about this nurse that murdered dozens of Does, people. Yes. Mm. Uh, that sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> you know what? People are going to ask us the title and author. Okay. So that is, the title of that is The Good Nurse. Okay. And I don't know the author. That's quite a page turner. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, so yeah. So a a little true crime on the beach. That's my plan for the afternoon. Sounds Uh, perfect. Okay. So everybody, uh, have a good week. Leanne, we'll hear from you and Julie midweek. And don't forget, call your satellite sister.